welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. episode of the making laps podcast i am your host brent gleason joining me again is my brother jesse gleason because i think we've just left phil in the woods i've fallen and i can't get up you know what's really funny is that my wife is like you (laughs) my wife i'm sorry the producer was like you know you guys use that soundboard too much use it yeah as many as much as you can now just because. <laughs> All right, so we actually have uh, a show full of local racing this week, and can you believe that? So for this week, we're going to talk a lot of local racing. In lap number one, we have an interview with the Claremont Granite State Pro Stock winner, Ray Christian III. He's going to join us. For lap number two, we're going to talk about a timetable that's actually been set for local racing to possibly return to the Connecticut and New England area. Again, that's pending state-by-state state regulations, but we'll get into that in lap number two. And then uh, lap number three, I'm thinking uh, we'll probably just do a NASCAR recap because we have at least four different races to cover and some opinions and stuff to come out of that. I'm wondering if I should save the rant for that section because it's racing Okay, hands up. Who wants me to save the rant for the NASCAR section because it pertains to NASCAR? Hands are up. I'm saving the rant. So why don't we move right into lap number one? (laughs) Oh, the producer's going to love this. (laughs) All right, so last week we plugged the event at Claremont Motorsports Park in uh, New Hampshire for the Granite State Pro Stock Series titled the Let's Go Racing 100. It was one of the first races, I think it might have been even the first race held up in New England this year so far, um, or at least the first major event. It was shown live on Speed 51, like I mentioned last episode, and on the line right now we have the winner of that event, Ray Christian III. Ray, welcome to our little program. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. So, what was it like to finally get a win this season? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on winning the only event that's worth mentioning up in the Northeast. <laughs> that's right. It felt good just to be at a racetrack, you know what I mean? Just sitting around, stuck in the house all this time. It's been it's been dragging, you know, especially because we, we won at Claremont to end the year. So we were already on a high, you know what I mean? So we were really itching to get back to the racetrack, and lo and behold, we ended up winning again. So it's a really awesome feeling, and um, I can't wait to get, get back to the track again. Yeah, is that the same car you ran, or is that the a di- the uh, different one? Yep, same car. Just put the Gen Six body back on it. Oh, excellent. Um, yep, that's about uh, last year. We had to switch it back from a Gen Six when we built it. We switched it to an ABC body so we could run it with Granite State, <clears throat> and then Granite State allowed it, so we put the Gen Six back on. So. Oh, geez. Yeah, I didn't even know they didn't approve it until uh, this year. So. Yeah, yeah. That, just about everybody's got that on program now. So. Yeah, what do you notice for a difference between that body and the uh, ABC body? Is it ease of use? Is it downforce? It anything? just looks looks better. That's about it. That's it? <laughs> I mean, everywhere I've run it, I mean, we ran it at Richmond. We ran it at Loudoun, Thompson, all that stuff. I mean, I got beat at Thompson with a Gen 6 by an ABC body. You know what I mean? So, Richmond, I was running up front with it and get passed by ABC cars. and So, places where you thought you'd notice a difference, you didn't notice anything. So, all I right. think the committees kind of saw the same thing. Yeah, so I am like the world's biggest hypocrite. I think I voted no to Stafford Speedway's request to uh, if they were going to have pay-per-view shows. If I'd watch it, I'm like, I'm not watching for 20 bucks. But I'd be like, I'd rather go there in person. But then I paid the 25 bucks to watch this race on Speed51.com, and I managed to catch qualifying. And I know you qualified pretty well, um, although I did forget. So how did... Um, with all these procedures in place and such, how did uh, the overall race uh, procedure go? Like um, being in the pits, having different, uh, like all this COVID stuff going on. What was, was there anything different going on? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, limited crew guys, 10 people per team. Um, you know, they had some 
some distance between the haulers and um, the only one you had the fence to watch your car kind of thing. You know, you couldn't hang out at the fence and watch the races and whatnot. Um, other than that, it was pretty, pretty straightforward. You know, I mean, wear a mask if you wanted to. And, um, you know, that, that was pretty much about it. I mean, other than the limited crew, I mean, you know, like I said, it was 10 people per team, I think. So it was just, uh, that was pretty much about it. I don't know if, uh, do you normally go over that 10 number to begin? Uh, yeah, usually. usually. Oh, you do. I mean, the, yeah, the, the crew, the crew is about, my crew is about 10, 8 to 10 every week. And then, you know, you, you know, like my dad couldn't come and he, you know, he had to watch the race and you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Anybody else that would usually come, you know, like Dougie wanted to come up and stuff like that, but we just didn't have the room, you know, so. Yeah, I was actually uh, messaging your brother during the race because I, I guess he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, he had to watch it too, so. <laughs> Man, you couldn't even take your own brother, huh? No, no. <laughs> he don't want a spot for me no more, so he gets the boot. Poor Jake. <laughs> it's, it's his own fault. He's just, yeah. all he does is cause problems in our iRacing League, so it's all fair. That, that's right. That's right. So he's got it coming. <laughs> yeah, so um claremont seems like a pretty interesting little track uh I, i've been watching it on that race and uh it looks like one of these just super unique places where the corners don't even have like they're not symmetrical and like the straightaways aren't even straight parallels like what's it like to race at a place like that it, oh yeah for sure one of the strangest places i've ever had to run at um first first time i ever went there it was it was pretty brutal the first practice um they uh one and two is like the um, the longest trial we've ever been in, really. Like, you just wait forever to enter into turn one, and then it's just cut right down to the bottom. And then it almost you almost drive uphill into three. You know, like, if you're looking at the track from the outside, it almost looks like you're driving uphill. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild. And then three and four is dead flat, and you're almost driving into the fence every lap up before. But other than that, it's a blast. So I've noticed watching you race around here locally from moving mini stocks to ACT cars up to now these, uh, would you call them super late models or pro late models? Yes, super late model, pro stock. Okay. Depends what division in cars. <laughs> yeah, because down south they have a whole bunch of different names, but whatever. Um, so yeah, exactly. move, moving from ACTs to super late models up north, I've noticed that you've made a very, I wouldn't say slow progression, but it's a very gradual and then it's just kind of peaked you know what i mean it's just kind of like oh, yeah. you just kind of were doing it for a few seasons and then it just yep. kind of shot straight up and what would you really attribute to that uh, just all the help and knowledge that we've gained from crazy horse i mean um those guys four or five years ago when we came up there for whatever reason took a liking to me and and my family and pretty much brought us in as their own family and um you know without those guys I mean, we wouldn't even be competitive, let alone winning stuff like this. Um, you know, they they build me great cars and give me all the track support. They're with me every week, and um, you know that that's really about it. I mean, those guys just—I can't say enough about those guys. They're just great people. So over time, I'm sure that running these longer races, you've had to learn a lot about saving your car for the end. And then I watched this race. And from watching you in the past, I noticed a very marked improvement. I mean, how hard do you work on uh, figuring out when to go and when to conserve? Yeah, I mean, that was really something that I thought about a lot over the wintertime. Um, I gave a couple races away last year that I probably shouldn't have. You know, Jennerstown and Thompson, they're going too hard too early. And um, that's something I really thought about a lot over the wintertime. And uh, going into this race, it actually really helped me because we time trialed seventh. You know, we weren't phenomenal in time trials. Um, there's a redraw, so we ended up starting third. But I knew we didn't have the short run car that those guys had. You know, they were a tenth and a half or so quicker than we were. But I knew that we had practiced earlier in the day on tires with over 100 laps on them, and we were the same speed. So I knew the long run car was going to be there as long as I didn't destroy the tires. So it actually kind of worked out. Um, I knew from the get-go that I just had to ride, and that's pretty much what I did. And then with 25 to go, we got that last restart. I knew it was go time. Uh, the 73 missed a missed a shift on the bottom, and I was able to jump down to third into the bottom and um, got under DJ and then chased down the eight. And, um, you know, at that point, it was just get by him as quick as you can and try to run away. 
Now, I noticed over time you used to be kind of a little more aggressive uh, when making passes and stuff. Uh, like I said, when you were coming up in late models and, and even super late models. But watching this race, I didn't really see that you know furious aggression. I saw a lot of patience and I saw a lot of technical um, pa I, I said patience, but you know it's it, you really had to work on you know conserving and and it was a different ray that I've seen in the past. Yeah. Is this a calmer, gentler ray? Yes. Is this a new full of wisdom and, and, <laughs> and patience and age? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, I'd still whatever it takes to win is in my book. You know what I mean? If if you don't know how many chances you're gonna get, so if you have a chance, you better make sure that you know you give it everything you got. That's but, the spirit. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, it's like I said, I knew I had a good long run car, so when I was trying to run them down, I could see that they were fighting. So. That was like the first race I'd ever run. I mean, I'd say in my life that I was calm enough at that moment to understand, like, okay, I saved enough. Like, these guys are sitting ducks right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd never had that because I'd never put that into my own perspective, I guess. So that's why, you know, it felt so good to win that one because it's the first time I've ever made a concerted effort to save so much and have stuff left at the end. As opposed to just trying to, you know, clean the field out by a straightaway and just hope that I, you know, hope there's no yellow. You know what I mean? Right. But so what is a great day? What is the? Is there any other races upcoming on the schedule right now, or is that kind of all in the air at this point? That's completely all in the air right now. They um, they were talking hmm. about going to Riverside and Groveton. It's on our schedule, but um, Mike Park said he'd email us today, and we got the email today that that's not going to happen. So, um. Right now, that's that's it for right now. I don't know. You know, there's whispers going around about pass races here or there at Oxford or something. But um, right now, that's that's all we got on the list right now. So, so hopefully something comes up soon. So if if there's a kind of a snafu with the schedules for, like, super late model races up here, uh, will you be getting back into Doug Curry's backup car? <laughs> I sure hope so. If there's somewhere to race that. <laughs> it's if he lets me. I folded the thing in half the last time. <laughs> What did question. you do to poor Dougie's car? <laughs> I, I get a I question. It, what do you think about, since other racetracks are opening down south and towards the Midwest, if there's nothing going on up here, would you be considered moving towards something that is actually racing at this moment? Oh, for sure. We've already, we've already had talks about um, we have a southern, a southern engine for down there, so we'd already talked about you know putting that in and going down there, but then this race popped up, so we... You know, we held off, but, um, you know, Jennerstown is running in Pennsylvania. We're definitely going down there in August. Um, they're having a cars tour race in July that we're thinking about, but you know, that would entail putting a bit, you know, putting the big motor in there and going down with the same car. And that's a lot to change over. So it's all going to be pretty much week to week, whatever announces are opening and, you know, whatever schedules pop out. Um, but pretty much anything that happens right now up this way, we're going to go to if we can. Now, I'm, I'm going to touch on it later in this episode, but there is rumors and, and actual news coming out that Stafford's probably going to be uh, reopening by the end of the month. Uh, and they have that super late model race on their schedule. I'm assuming we're going to see you at that if that comes by uh, relatively soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had already signed up for that. Um, I know that was be the 29th of May, but, um, you know, I, I think they'd be foolish not to not to re-up that, especially the fact that nobody's running around here. They'd probably get every super late model pro stock in the Northeast down there, um, between pass cars, Granite State, and, um, you know, C-Pound cars and whatnot. Yeah, I saw some of the cars that were in that field for the Claremont race, and I saw guys like Travis Benjamin and Rowe and all these. You know, I'm seeing big pro, pro stock names from the Northeast. I mean, Travis won the Oxford 250 three times. I mean, this, these yeah, are big exactly. names coming to race, and... At, you know, piddly little, you know, grow, um, where was it? I forgot. I'm, I just have no brain right now, but <laughs> wherever you get it, just raced. Claremont, that's it. Jeez. Claremont. Yeah. Sorry, I've been awake since 3 a.m., so I'm kind of fried. <laughs> but, I mean, you see these big names coming down for Claremont. I guarantee Stafford puts out a big race. You're going to see a lot of big names come down. And I really would see, I, I want to see that. Oh, for sure. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would love to run that. I mean, I've, ne I've never actually even been to Stafford, so we were looking forward to that. Um, but you've never yeah. been to Stafford. 
I have never even driven by the parking lot. Really? No, nope, never wow. been there in my whole life. <laughs> Just never, never made it up there. I don't know. You know, people would ask me, and I'd have something coming up or whatever. You know, on a Friday night, and I just never made it up there. That's kind of surprising, but yeah, I think you'll like it. It's a nice, nice facility. Really nice place to go. Yeah, yep. I think that'd be a great show. Um, like you said, they'd have. I think they'd have ridiculous amounts of cars there. All right, so I'm gonna give you the floor here. I know you guys got a lot of sponsors and a lot of people. Uh, on your team to thank probably a lot of guys who couldn't make it to the race because of the restrictions. I'll hand you the floor. You plug whoever you want and whatever you want. You got it. Um, first of all, just thank you to Mike Parks. You know, Mike Parks, he's first year promoter at Claremont and um, obviously he runs the Grand Estate Pro Stock Series and he, he stuck his neck out and put this, you know, put that event together. So anybody who rented it, thank you. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it turns into another one or something down the road. You know, it was a great event. I got to thank him for having an awesome series. Um, crazy Horse Racing, like I said before, they're just the best. If you need a race car, you know who to call. Um, I got to thank my crew chief, Mickey, uh, Derek, Donnie, Angela, uh, my mom, my dad, Benji, uh, my wife, Ash, um, Chris Williams, Kevin, stepped in the spot of this week. He did a good job for me. Um, Anybody who came down, uh, my aunt was there this week. Um, I hope she had a great time. And um, probably forgetting a bunch of people, Grotten Oil, um, Redline Performance Engines. You guys are all awesome. And thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Ray Christian, the or Ray Christian the third, I'm sorry, winner of the Granite State Pro Stock Series race at Claremont this past weekend. Ray, best of luck in the future. I really hope this this new normal goes away and we get back to the regular normal and we can get some fans and races going. Yeah, that's right. And hopefully, hopefully we see you guys at the track soon. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You got it, bro. Talk to you. All right. Okay. So for, la for lap number two this week, we talked local racing. Yes. We actually, we actually get to talk about local racing. Isn't this fun? podcast where I started to try to talk about local racing, then coronavirus hits, then I can't talk about freaking local racing and my audience tanks. We got local racing back. Yay! So. <laughs> Alright, so first thing on the list that I read today. Came out today as I was getting the podcast ready. It was a story coming out from racedact.com and I'm paraphrasing his article. Uh, apparently new state guidelines allow for the reintroduction of outdoor events starting June 17th. So nine days from now, is that it? Man, I had to do math. That was difficult. That's almost like almost two weeks. Not even. That's almost, a, that's a little over a week, dude. Oh. Nine, nine days. <laughs> wow. We stink at this. And under these. You English? That's impossible. I think it's math, but well, same theory. Anyway, um. Under these new guidelines, professional sporting venues must receive approval from the state of Connecticut. Um, outdoor venues approved must limit capacity to, I think, 50% to start. Uh, apparently, Stafford submitted their plan two weeks ago. They say the town has already approved the plan, which includes spectators. Um, Stafford is hesitant to announce anything until they get further approval from the state, uh, which is obviously a smart approach, but... You know, they say once they get approved, they will be ready with events to go out on track. All in attendance, um, apparently, will have to wear masks or face coverings and social distance, which is uh, the two words that I hate the most right now. I cannot stand social distance as a word play. Anyway. I love social distance, but I just want no, I like. Only, the I have a bad sense of smell. And it's, I mean, a really good one. And I just want to have the people away from me so I don't have to smell them. That's well, pretty good. Yes, I like the idea of social distancing. I just hate that we have to use a term like social distancing. Why can't we just stay, stay the fuck away from each other? I, I guess it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Keep the sick away from the, from the unsick, the healthy. Right. The weak shall fear the strong. Uh, they should. That's, um, that's what Darwin thought. Uh, Speedway management also states that they want to get as much of a full season in as possible 
And it's unclear how the new regulations will affect the modified tour races that are slated to run at the track. They have approximately three scheduled or had. I don't know what their their future holds, but they had up to three scheduled for this season. Uh, Obviously, they want to try to get those in. Um, Race Day CT also attempted to contact Thompson Speedway ownership and have yet to get into contact with them or receive any word back, uh, which obviously comes as no surprise to me. Because they're quarantining. Uh, yes, they're, they quarantine. They self-quarantine a lot from Oval Track. Um, Go home to mommy. And apparently work at the Speed Bowl was put on hold after the two grandstand sections went up and general manager Mike Sirluca was furloughed back in April. Um, that I did not know. Uh, again, more details can be found at racedayct.com. Um, I just kind of paraphrase that. Uh, also... Also, a little before that, late last week, Seekonk Speedway announced that they are also working on two phases of a reopening plan for later this month, including track rentals, practice sessions, and eventually racing. Uh, Obviously, they're based in Massachusetts, and every state has different regulations and plans for reopening. But by the sounds of it, um, short track racing is looking to make a very welcome return here in southern New England very soon, and I can't express how much I actually you know, I'm looking forward to that, uh, as, as well as everybody else, I'm sure. But, However, even though some short track racing has re- resumed in New Hampshire, which we, will, or, which we actually touched on with Ray in our interview with him, um, you know, with the Claremont races and maybe some Groveton races, maybe some other stuff going on up there, yeah, but um, as, as needed. As... Yeah, I mean, we already touched on that with yeah. him, but um, it uh, it hasn't stopped the Whalen Modified Tours July date at New Hampshire Motor Speedway from being canceled, which is kind of baffling to me considering the typical crowds for that show could essentially social distance while there anyway. I'm saying they just don't pack the grandstands like they used to. So um, you were going to say something? They were going to have more fans there than they were at Myrtle Beach. You know what? With this whole thing going on, maybe they would have a whole ton more people. So maybe I'm just sticking Without... my foot in my stupid mouth. No. I just didn't take into account the fact that nobody's had racing up here, and they'd probably pack the place for a modified show, which I definitely would. The modified shows are always popular up there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people usually leave after a modified show. Forget what I said. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, but as far as them canceling... Yeah, again, that's in July, not June. July, they canceled a month out, yeah, and they're already, already holding. A race in New Hampshire already? They're already holding races in New Hampshire in the Northeast right so now. So what's the problem? Um, oh my God! Don't ask me. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the second maybe it's a NASCAR wide uh, thing. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I don't know. They're not even but... racing the Cup race there until August, and everyone's going to die of heat stroke because it's summertime in New Hampshire. Sucks. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, the second Whalen Modified Tour event in September. Has not been canceled yet. But anyway, it's just kind of weird logic to me. It's like we're already holding races, but let's cancel one one month away. Yeah. A month is a lot longer than a lot of people think, and I just don't see Don't mind jumping. Brent. He hasn't slept since 3 o'clock. It just boggles his mind. Yeah, I, I mean. Eh, and, just... and I don't blame him because it is ridiculous. Well, if, if people had the day I had, they'd be surprised I'd be doing a podcast today anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up since 3 a.m., evacuating my self for a doctor's visit to do disgusting things to my undercarriage and make sure that I don't have like unnecessary health risks. Anyway, and I also didn't realize that Mike had been furloughed from the speed bowl and that's why I wasn't seeing any real updates about the track. I just was kind of like taken aback by that. I didn't see or hear anything. So I I know they probably have a lot of legal stuff going on with the track and, and how they conduct themselves publicly, especially with the owner's problems legally. So um, I'm sure that the lawyers run the track more than the ownership and, and management do at this point. So uh, that's just pure speculation on my part, so don't pay me too much attention on that one. So anyway. Anyway, I feel sorry for your butt. I'm enlarging my butt. <laughs> oh, somebody did. Man, it was bad. <laughs> it's really bad. I, I, the almighty bongolio. <laughs> at, at least I uh, 
at least I don't have to go back for another five years. So that's right. Well, they were non-cancerous, and congratulations. Yep, got two polyps removed from my colon. I'm sure everybody wanted to hear that. <laughs> that's what they did to me. That's right. <laughs> no, f- fun story. I pretty much passed out waiting for and waiting to go Shut in there because I'm a wimp apparently with needles. I, I'm like, oh yeah, go ahead, stick me chuckles, and they put it in, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, huh. Wonder why I feel like I'm passing out and just like passed out. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? I guess getting old just makes you weaker. I don't know what the hell's wrong. Anyway, I didn't care, but I got over it. There's my day for everybody in case you really gave a shit. So <laughs> Hey, what happened? No one cares. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I'm you know, we had Ray on. And we talked about the the Claremont race and how they were limited to 10 cars. And I I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking, and I didn't say it to him on air, obviously, if you were listening and you, you didn't shut it off after he got done talking. <laughs> but I was going to say 10 people, that's, that's, that's plenty, whatever, that's fine. But then I realized it's like these super late model teams, they probably have dedicated tire people, dedicated shock people, setup people, you know, crews, just people, you know, a lot of support staff. And then I started thinking about my team or our team at least and how many people we would have at the track and I'm like, wait a minute. For a sportsman team, we'd have at least, let me see, 1 2 3 like 7 or 8 that just come and hang out. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was kind of actually it could be a little detriment but hey you know they got it done so it's yeah just weird times we're living in that's all i just hope that it goes away and we can get back to regular racing so hey you know yeah anyway who feels like moving on to lap number three i do i do oh thank god all right let's do that yes all right, so for lap number three this week, we're going to recap all four of the NASCAR National Series races that went on. Again, we we tend to do this because there isn't anything local going on, and I know people have TVs and they probably watched it themselves, but we could also interject our opinions. So that was more of a message to the producer than anybody else. But <laughs> yeah. Shh, nobody say anything. Um, anyway, so... Yet again, because we record these things on Mondays, we have old news. Last week we had old news because we were watching our race as we were recording, and we did couldn't record or we couldn't report on it until after you know the thing was already edited and out. By then, the people had already you know everybody already knew who won and everything, mm-hmm. but we couldn't because we finished before it ended. So again, this week, the same thing happened. So anyway, what we missed was it seems. Uh, the Xfinity and Truck Series races have been putting on better races than Cup lately, and I mean a couple, a couple races more, not many, but uh, and controversy was definitely uh, not in short supply for this race. Again, the old news race. Uh, Noah Gregson won at Bristol after making contact with his teammate Justin Allgaier, sending Allgaier spinning into the inside wall towards the end of the race. Uh, Gregson survived another uh, green-white checkered restart to win. Um, I know a lot of people were mad that he celebrated a win after he supposedly took out his own teammate. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who owns both of those teams, had mixed emotions, and I know he was very cautious with how he handled it. Um, I couldn't imagine being in his shoes for that one, having both your cars racing for the lead and then one wrecking the other. I would be like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, all in the same, like Harvey Dent, like Two-Face here. You can't be happy about be it because you got to wreck race car over it. Or, I mean, I'd be happy pissed. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it spent a lot of money to make money, and it's within your own organization. It's not not a good message. Well, especially here's... for teams and teammates, you're supposed to share information out with the guy that tore your race car up and gave you bumps and bruises and stuff. Not going to happen. I don't think that it was on purpose. I just think that it was it's a really never poor... on purpose. No, race I just... car drivers do not have a sense of. Uh, I don't think he did it on purpose, but I also think that it was um, unnecessary, like foolish. Like, you should have just known better one of those deals. Like, you should have been a lot more um, disciplined. Is that a good word for it? You have to take those things in town. You can't let the emotions get to you. It's a big boy race. Even when you win, you still are doing damage to your organization. 
Yeah, Sorry. I mean, you got to be conscious of who's next. And I, I've heard a lot of people argue the fact that, oh, even though they come out of the same shop, they're not really teammates. The teammates are the guys on your team, like your pit crew. I'm like, that's bullshit because yeah. you're literally getting the same cars, same tech info, same like it's the same organization. Yes, you are teammates. That's why they hook up. You with think each Roger other. Penske would put up with that garbage? No, no, he'd be so done in a you know. He'd I'm be sorry. pissed. It's not a fence. It's a wall. That they'd be building them in the shop. Like, uh, oh God, who did that? Like, who built the wall in between their shop between the two cars? Well, that was the Christopher brothers. They they had a line down the middle of their shop and then the modifieds. Oh, way back, yeah, in the way way before way, way time, back. yeah. Um, but a wall in the race shop. Uh, I thought know. that Cup Series guys somebody shared a shop. I'm probably talking out of my butt at this point, but I think I remember some histories. But anyway, probably had something to do with Ernie Irvin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. probably. I don't. I even, don't you know. know. I don't even know anymore. I don't know. I love Ernie Irvin. He's funny. He <laughs> I don't remember. Great. I don't know. They, they had some good times. But anyway, um, what can you say? I NASCAR historian fails again. <laughs> Both of us did. Because uh, I brought it up and then it went completely nowhere. It's like it's like I'm reading a map and it blows out the window. <laughs> like, well, that's gone. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome everyone. We we are not good at this. Uh, anyway, this is a metaphor. Yeah, that's why we used it. It's just <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> Pump it, mate. Pump it. Yep. 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 Anyway. The NASCAR circuit moved on to Atlanta this past weekend, and I'm so sick of hearing the hot Atlanta reference. Yes, it's warm down south. Thank you. We get it. Yes. Um, the old dirty, Brent. The old dirty. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> not you don't like there. that either? No. No. It's Atlanta. <laughs> it's the capital of the south. No, it's Atlanta. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. What was the capital of the Confederacy? Richmond? Yeah. Yeah. It's not the capital of the South. Richmond was the capital of the South. Yeah, yeah. It was Richmond, right? Yeah, it was Richmond. Okay, good. Yeah, Grant, just, yeah Grant took Richmond. I'm so... And uh, then that was it. Everybody should know by now I'm really out of it. So yeah. I'm kind of just leaning on people for history lessons right now. No, William Tecumseh, William Tecumseh uh, Sherman burned Atlanta to the ground. That's maybe why it was hot Atlanta, because he went, <laughs> because they set everything on fire. <laughs> that crazy son of a bitch. Look uh, that guy up on Google. <laughs> oh, that's like the that's like the Brits trying to claim, oh well, we burned down the White House in the war of eighteen twelve. It's like, yeah, but did you win? Yeah. <laughs> we just moved it. You dumbass. The, the North won, douche. Um, <laughs> anyway. I'm, talking, we I'm not talking about in World War Two. So yeah, fuck them. Suck it. <laughs> Dunkirk. Yeah. Anyway, um gotcha, bitch. Hey, <laughs> Oh, we were the Brits won the war. No, you didn't. Dunkirk. That's what I just said. You didn't win. We, we won. you wrote our tales there. Anyway, enough of the history lessons, although I like talking about it. Um like I said, the truck series came back and they were at Atlanta and uh it it was kind of interesting. Uh, they were the most green the racetrack had been all weekend and it didn't rain at all. So they were on completely fresh, green, no rubber racetrack, and I bet you those trucks were running out of rubber fast. I hope – I didn't even check to see if uh, NASCAR had given them extra tires. I know that they gave them extra uh, – what's it called? The uh, competition cautions. I think they gave them two competition cautions because there was absolutely nothing on the racetrack. Usually a triple header weekend, you'll have everybody running the practice sessions, and there'll be three divisions worth of rubber and hours and hours of cars on track, and they'll put rubber down. But for this, man, Atlanta's like 25-year-old, <laughs> I think I think it's 25-year-old asphalt. Man, it's abrasive. Uh, when did they reconfigure that track? I don't. Did they pave it since they reconfigured it? I don't know. But anyway, Either I way. don't. I really don't mind them, you know, giving them an extra competition caution for this because as abrasive the racetrack is and how far in the edge that you have to set those cars up to be competitive, I really would hate to see everybody uh, waste a bunch of race cars for that kind of race and write off a whole bunch of, of uh, junk. Yeah, these teams. That would be very expensive. And these, if you looked at uh, looked at the shots of Boyer's tires, they were blistering up pretty good, right, Brent? Yeah, and that was after two races worth of rubber was put down. Yeah. Boyer's tires that. were blistered. 
I mean, it's probably a setup issue on their part because they were the, really the only tire that had that yeah. or team that had that tire issue. But um, but, but either, at least unless, the trucks it wasn't too bad. So. Yeah, I mean, they they probably gave them a pretty hard tire. But anyway, they did a good job of not having too many tire failures. Uh, I know it started out slow with I can't even remember the guy's name, but he looped the truck like three times, and it was like pissing me off because he caused three cautions and he's a back marker. It's like, dude, pull the thing in. Like I said, I can't even remember his name. It's so unpredict, you know, un un what's unspectacular. Um, but anyway, once it got rolling, uh, it was pretty interesting. I think Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott were in this race, weren't they? Yes, they both were. Yeah, and both of them were non-factors at the end. I think Elliott even brought out the last caution because he lost a right rear tire. And, yeah, and some, yeah, he lost a he lost a left rear tire and hit the fence. Oh, that's what it was. And yeah. I don't think he hit the fence. I think he just spun out. Uh, he did hit, he did tap the fence and then he spun out. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't it, really. It wiggled. It. it wiggled coming off a of four and then she, and then it went up and he was in the fence a little bit. So, and then that caused the caution and. I was yeah. watching this in the garage trying to get it reorganized so I could Yeah, it was the interesting. It was kind truck, of refreshing so. to see. I was kind of in and out. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, it was it, it came down to I think Austin Hill was running away with the thing. Yeah. I mean, just in the Hattori truck, just running away with it. And caution comes out. And we all know what everybody's gonna do. Everybody's gonna come get tires. Everybody did come get tires because they I'm pretty sure they gave them extra tires for this race. But every like I said, anybody of note came and got tires. And it came down to because it was a long green run, and if you're if you're on these tires for even 15 laps, they're shit. Yeah, they're gone. So don't you, even you lose 10 miles an hour? That's yeah, what they said. I think you lose up to three to four seconds a lap there over a run, which it's, is crazy. It's a huge amount of time. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. It's huge. Um, but the green white checker comes out. Austin Hill's truck is very good, but Grant Enfinger comes out of absolutely freaking nowhere. He probably had the best truck on short runs. And it didn't play well into the race the whole day, except right at the end when they had a really short run. And he ran around the outside of Austin Hill, and it was just amazing to watch. I'm like, man. What do you think? Do you think they could make an adjustment to make it on a short run with two tires? Two tires, no. No, I meant like, yeah, forget what I said with two tires. But I mean, with two laps to go. (laughs) Oh, with two to go? Yeah, with two to go, you Uh. think you can make an adjustment or something with air pressure to make them come in quicker? I'm not that really well known on the setup design of these cars, but I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's something you could probably hail mary at it. But when you're so fast that you're running away from the field, you'd figure, oh, just send it out there and just don't lift. Yeah, you know. But maybe that just wasn't the case. Maybe his truck wasn't set up that way, and it just wouldn't take it. You know what I mean? I'm talking about. Austin yeah, if it's Taylor, that but... fast, he definitely had something different in the spring and shock. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably deep in the bowels of it, and you can't really adjust that out of it i don't know like i said i'm not really very hardcore in a truck i'm not really that well known but they have a lot of technology in the shock packages and shocks are black magic to me they are ridiculous to me i have no idea what to do with them (laughs) so they need to be an engineer which is why they employ them on cup teams and truck teams correct but yeah grant and finger runs around the outside of them takes the lead away from austin hill who had the thing wrapped up in a bag and that seems to be a, a theme as soon as nascar came back was guys who are leading at the end a caution comes out and they just don't win. It's like a death sentence. It is. It? A, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really been a, death a It really has. It's been a death sentence to be the leader at the end of these races because when the caution comes out, you're not winning. Ask Chase Elliott. You can even pick the correct lane. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it didn't even matter. Nope. The guy ran around him on the outside. The outside wasn't, or it wasn't even the outside. It was the outside was up near the wall. You know, that was the outside lane. And then the inside lane was painting the white line. And Finger got by him two lanes up. He, that wasn't even the groove. <laughs> he just got by him. <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. But that was his second win this year. I think that was his fourth ever win in a truck. But he's got two on the year, so he's really coming around. Um, next up was, I think, the same day. Oh, and uh, Johnny Sauter got thrown out from, like, a 17th place finish, I think because of I think they took his tires and they dunked them in a thing of water and they were like leaking. Remember years back I think it was like Ryan Newman's car they put pinholes in the sidewall oh, to leak balls it. doing that. I think <laughs> you yeah, got I balls think doing that. It was something like that. I didn't really get the full story on it but I'm like, man, that's ballsy. Yeah, you know how fast <laughs> I would be so scared. <laughs> 
<laughs> because you can't run bleed off valves or anything like that. Yeah, it's basically a, a it's a redneck bleed off. Basically, is what it is. I mean, I, I can't imagine with heat and pressure and friction and. Well, if you do it on the side that wrinkles, maybe that's why they and doesn't pull tight. Yeah. Then it might be okay. And, yeah, and good. Your engineers <laughs> are scratching their head, going, "Why are these guys blowing tires and and hitting it to the wall?" Because they screw with them. It's like they engineer them so you don't mess with them, and then they go and screw with them, and then tires blow out, and they're like, what? Oh, what happened? <laughs> Stupid Goodyear. What are you people? On dope? <laughs> I just don't get it. But they, Anybody will do anything to be fast. Like you said before, if you gave somebody the option of, this car will probably kill you if you crash, but it's a half second faster. Or this car is a half second slower, but you'll definitely live if you crash. They're going to take the faster car every time, like you said. 100%. So they just percent. Yeah, so they're just going to do whatever they want to to make it faster, regardless of safety. Especially with how safe the cars are nowadays. Jeez, I mean, don't don't even question. Like fifty years ago, you guys are making stuff out of magnesium for shit's sake. <laughs> yeah, and if you ever see what magnesium does in a car crash, it's not good. No, you can't put it out. It's it, it catch magnesium is metal. They've set fire to metal. Yeah. It will set How fire do you to set metal. fire to metal? Yes. <laughs> Metal's and not supposed to burn. It burns right to the ground. They're too bright. Yes. The yeah. flame is too bright. It's like white. Yeah, and it, it's really, really bad. If anybody notices us like pausing during this, we are watching the uh, most recent uh, Super Dirt Late Model feature Jesus at Eldora. And these guys are just slamming the outside wall, trying to kill each I other. Mean, it is hilarious to watch. You guys got to get. We did an episode on streaming services. Yeah. And we're actually watching it on Flow Racing. And let me tell you something. This is pretty good. You got to check it out. I do love the content and a lot of the presentation. The only thing I hate about it is I live in a country, and yeah, I can I race somewhat, and I can watch Netflix, I can watch YouTube, I can watch Motorcycle on Demand. And but I can watch Flow Racing live, but I can't check my phone and do Facebook or else can I actually call. It sucks up a lot of bandwidth. That's why he's watching it at my house. Yeah, where the Brent's house is. Got super so I got weird. awesome internet. Oh yeah, they're just they're they got the dry set going on. They're jumping the cushion and it's like a oh, foot and a half to the wall, and they're just bouncing the right rears off. Of literally, it. if you're in the cushion right now, yeah. you're dragging the rear bumper against the wall. It's hilarious to watch. These guys are freaking getting after dirt it. is not for farming dirt is for racing it is fun to watch it is super fun. i'd These love to guys try it are just just wheeling the piss out of this thing. i should take my crate motor and, and get myself a dirt late a dirt modified go race at lebanon valley fuck you and fuck the crate <laughs> motors crate motors suck <laughs> boo <laughs> fuck it right in the pussy Gay! <laughs> two conflicting states boo anyway Let's get on with the Xfinity Series race. <laughs> that crashed. Oh, caution's out with one to go. Oh, what are you going to look at? Anyway, back to the back to the podcast because we're doing a show here where people can't watch what we're watching. Unless anyway, you get flowracing.com. Yes. So get her done. they ran the Xfinity Series race directly after the truck race, like an hour later. Um I don't remember a hell of a lot about that race because I think I was underneath my truck taking the transmission out for the second time in two months because I had a servo let go that I didn't work on. <laughs> and the park rod got stuck. So now the whole thing has to come apart yet again for something that I didn't work on. <laughs> so I'm... Get the job done. I'm really pissed off. So <laughs> anyway... um. I remember that race being quite unremarkable. Um, I'm sure there were something going on, but again, if you want to see it, go watch the video of it, whatever. But the best part wasn't really the racing. The best part was watching A.J. Allmendinger take down the win because it was really funny listening to him on the radio. He had the perfect line coming across the, the start-finish. He basically keys up the radio and says, Oh my God! I won on an oval. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's thinking like a like an announcer actually, and it's actually kind of funny because he had that plan, had to have had that statement planned for at least a few laps. He really starting he's starting to get TV. It's kind of like Parker Parker Klingerman, ever, you know, got a little bit of success, and, and I can imagine that he would have something ready to go like that. Oh, you know what I said? Mm. I'm like, I'm like, all right, AJ yeah. Allmendinger won. They don't even need to send anybody down to interview him. Just send the camera. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, AJ, what was the key to success? Oh, I don't know, AJ. You know, I had a great car and it ran great all day, you know, with a great crew. And uh, So, AJ, we who's, were, who's the sponsors you and, can thank? And, oh, I got to um, thank Colleague Racing and yeah. all these. Yeah. AJ, would you have any sponsors? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to thank Colleague. Uh, yeah, my car owner. He, my car owner was great. Yeah. And uh, my sponsor. Yeah, yeah. AJ, thank you very much for the interview. Thanks, AJ. Oh, oh thanks, AJ. <laughs> Like I said, he didn't even need an interview. It was perfect regardless. He's a great interview. It was nice to see him win on an oval finally. I think that's one of the real reasons why um, Ryan Priest kind of got picked for that 47 ride or the, 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 the ride in the Cup Series over AJ was because Ryan got it done on ovals, and ovals make up a majority of the schedule. Like when he was when Ryan ran his uh, limited Xfinity schedule uh, for Gibbs and Junior Motorsports, um, he picked up those two wins, and that was more wins than AJ had on ovals. So they're like, "Well, we can't just be good at road courses, so we got to try to put our our eggs in." This is all completely speculation, so don't go by my word at all. I'm just saying, well, maybe that, maybe it's a maybe. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a theory I threw out in the ether for people. But anyway, well, they could, they need to give Ryan Priest, to, you know, some good stuff too. You know, not just give it all to. Wrecking well, Stenhouse just to crash. Well, is are they really getting different equipment, or does Ricky just have a little bit more experience? You know what I mean? It's just kind of that way. He's been with a bunch of different teams. No, no. When Ryan had some good equipment, it went right to the front in the in the Xfinity car. So yeah, it's just that I think Ricky has a lot more experience with the Cup Series and the races and lengths and and getting used to how they they play out. You know what I mean? There's a lot in the strategy and everything. So. I mean, everyone discounts the guy, but he's still taking that equipment and putting it top 10 every week. I don't, he might not finish there, but he's still hanging around there. So it, it shows to the um, quality of the equipment, I guess. So they're, I think they're really getting the program uh, improved. So as long as he can keep the fenders on it, they'll improve the program. If he keeps wrecking cars, they're not going to improve anything. But uh, speaking of which, why don't we move on into the cup race? Um I'm still not a big fan of this, and I hate every. You know, it, everyone says, "Oh, it's the package. It's the package." Well, it kind of is. I mean, it's the you know this huge spoiler. Uh, you know, the horsepower doesn't really make that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, but when you couple it with so much downforce that you know guys are getting out of race cars and they're just not really sweaty, like you watch the Coke Six Hundred. Guys are just getting out of the cars like they're ready to go to work in the morning. It's like they're not really beat up, you know. They used to have to drive the piss out of these things, and, and but they made this package so that you could see tight racing package. and see racing at the end, you know. So you could see everybody wants the finish to be tightened up at the end, but it's like no matter what they've done with the package, the guy's still winning by like three, four seconds. It doesn't matter. So. Make them drive for it. Maybe you'll just see good races happen organically. What? That's a weird theory, but whatever. My wiener sandwiches. <laughs> but, package. Yeah, package. I don't know. I think they all drove for it pretty much. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at uh, what happened after the race in Hot Atlanta with uh, Bubba Wallace uh, fainting. That was pretty scary. That was, yeah, that was kind of very unnerving. Watched him. He was, he looked, he kind of sounded like this podcast a little bit when Ram- he was doing Yeah, his, kind of rambling and then just trails off. And then he trailed <laughs> off and he kind of sounded drunk a little bit. And then the eyes I rolled wish. in his back of his head. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jamie Little's, Jamie Little's oh down there God. going, Bubba, you okay? And she's like away from the mic. He's, she's going, he's not okay. Like she's just telling people in the background, it's like, yeah, you should probably go help him. Yeah, scary. Yeah, that's not good. He's okay, so that's the main thing. Times like these, I kind of wish that Dr. Cherry Punch was still Yeah, I wish he was still calling races, because I think he's still doing medicine, but... Yeah. um, Yeah, that would be nice, because he was an asset down there. He was not only an announcer, but he'd be right there on scene in case. Definitely a medical doctor. Remember when he saved that guy's life? Rusty Wallace? Yeah. And somebody else, I think. Yeah, he saved a few lives. It was no, yeah, I remember what you're talking about. I think it was Atlanta too, where yeah. the guy hit the uh, the big tractor tire at the end of the pit wall. Yeah, he saved that guy's life. Yeah, he performed he got CPR and he basically performed emergency like care. Yeah, right. And stabilized on the scene. him on scene, and if he didn't do that, the guy probably would have died. Yeah, 
Like, go look that up. Go look up what Dr. Jerry Punch has done. Actually, you know what? Go listen to um, Dinner with Racers. They had Dr. Jerry Punch on. He actually talked about that incident and a lot of other ones uh, on that show. It's a really good show. Yeah. Really, really good to listen to. Yes. So check that out if you want, if you're interested in that. Yeah. But again, I think that this race didn't get a very good rating on Jeff Gluck's poll. Uh, I think it was mostly negative. People saying it wasn't a very good race. Um, I tend to agree. I mean, passing with this this high downforce, low power package at a track like that is really kind of difficult. I mean, I don't know. I didn't seem to mind. I thought it was. It didn't seem good that race. bad. It it really didn't seem that bad to me. I think people just kind of vote based on the finish, and that's not how you should vote. Thought um, it was a good race. Yeah. I thought it went pretty well until the end. You know, it's just like the Kevin best Harvick. car won the race. Kevin yes. Harvick was the best car. He strung it out. That's just how it ends. Sometimes. They can't all be a photo finish at the line with four wide. They I mentioned can't. that last week. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. you did. So it wasn't a terrible race. Just like I said, people have too high of an expectation, and um, yeah, at the end it was a little bit boring because of that's Kevin fine. Harvick. But that's fine. That's just racing. That's how it goes. These are endurance races. No matter how you do it, if you want to watch. A sprint race, go to your local short track. That's what they're for. Yeah. Yeah. These are endurance races. Can you have great finishes? Hell yeah. There have been hit great finishes all throughout time. 2001. Not just not just any time. Another time, Kevin. The first time Kevin Harvick won at Atlanta, you drag raced uh, Jeff Gordon to the line. He barely beat him by a wheel. That's right. That was a killer finish. That's right. And that was not even a stage race. No. That was 2001, full race. It, That's you, right. You, like I said... You can't have awesome races every race. It just has to yeah. happen organically, and it can happen organically. So yeah, just calm it's like, down. It's kind of funny because people point out 1993 Atlanta, the spring race, and how it was so boring and the winner led by almost the whole lap. Well, they failed to mention that the race before that was considered one of the greatest races of all time, and it was the race, it's called, 1992. Yeah, 1992, the finale. The finale, where the closest points race in history for that for that rules of points. And it, it, was it a close finish? No, but everybody was sure watching it. There was so much and going it was on. organic. There was so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, why they're beca- that's why these things become so legendary is because the stuff just happens organic. You, you have I mean? to have you remember one, where you were when it happened. You have to have some some not mediocre, but you know some average or good races here and there. And these are all not that bad races. I mean, I enjoy watching them. I, even though we piss on NASCAR all the time, we still like watching them. Yeah, yeah, because they're entertaining. And you got to have some some mediocre races to appreciate the great races and the groundbreaking races and the legendary races. Yeah. So. Uh, this race will probably be remembered not as Kevin Harvick winning his third race, and he did do he every time he's won in Atlanta, and it's been three times. He did the same tribute every time to Dale Earnhardt, uh, where he does a Polish victory lap with the three hanging out the window. So it was pretty cool. He just keeps he keeps it going, you know, which is really neat. I think he won it in two thousand one. Then it didn't didn't win until like two thousand fourteen, and then he won yesterday or yeah yesterday because it's Monday. But I think. Um, I think this race will probably be remembered more for um, what the the stance that NASCAR took towards social issues at the beginning of the race and their announcements and such um, because of the, the backlash uh, from the fan base. And I think this is where we voted to tie my rant in. Honestly, the, the topic of this rant is basically perception versus legality, I guess. Of... If, if, the, I, the I'll get into it. I'll get into it. I mean, I see a lot of people screaming about NASCAR and their stance on the latest social or civil rights issues at the forefront of the nation's attention. Uh, I see fans yet again swearing off the sport for allowing this to be a topic of discussion within the circle instead of leaving it alone like in the past or letting somebody else take it like the NFL or something. Um I understand the viewpoint that some fans have where they attempt to show how equality exists by displaying the background of the victim or victims and use statistics to show that equal amounts of people, white or black, are unjustly killed by law enforcement. I get that. And I try to listen to the black community of 
plainly innocent people who are afraid of law enforcement and being in public places at certain times of the day and maybe in fear of being perceived as a criminal. That stinks, too. But whenever I see people angry over a protest where someone silently, uh, you know, does whatever they're going to do, you know, if they're if they're doing it peacefully, if they're doing it silently, I try to understand the principles of legal protest in this country. I mean, I feel that a lot of people confuse the ideas of respect and taste. Um, I've spoken to numerous veterans about seeing people who kneel in protest during the national anthem, and I... And the overwhelming majority say that they signed up to protect that right as well as the others that this country grants us. Now, personally, I feel like protesting during the national anthem isn't in the best taste, but by protesting peacefully, I also don't feel like it's really that disrespectful. The people who do it feel strongly enough to do it at a time during a sporting event where they can peacefully draw the most attention to their cause in in a very quiet way. They're not screaming, they're not shouting, they're just standing, they're kneeling there. You know, they're just they're they're doing it peacefully, which is what's in the Constitution. The easiest argument against it is to point out how much money these athletes make, but I don't know if that's a strong enough argument for the people who don't make that kind of money. I acknowledge the fact that I don't live in an area that sees a lot of these racial tensions, so I might not empathize or understand how someone feels who might deal with these issues at the forefront of this movement. I mentioned before that I refuse to apologize for being born this way and live where I live, but I'm open to the idea that others might have a harder time, and maybe I can hear them out and form an opinion afterward instead of just writing them off beforehand. I'll never believe in the validity of riots and looting because I feel they detract from the power of the peace of the movement or peaceful protest, and that opinion won't change either. So that's my stance on that. Again, I'm kind of just like my my views are kind of changing on the ideas of peaceful protest. I mean, if you're doing it peacefully, then I can't really say anything. You know, like I said, it might not be in the best taste to do it during the national anthem. But honestly, if you're doing it peacefully, it's not disrespectful. If you're sitting there flipping it off, then maybe I'll do, you know, say it's disrespectful. But if you're not, then, you know, again, it's not in the greatest taste. But it's not disrespectful either. I, I'm, I, that's all I'm really going to say. I'm a brick! <laughs> no, that was it. I, I, I did a short rant this week. You know, I didn't want to go too off the cuff and, and too... funny, but not ha-ha funny. <laughs> I know I'm not funny. We're on a play date. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But again, I I was up since 3 a.m. and I just wrote a little half a page rant. I'm just like, whatever, I'll fit one in this week. It's going to smell like hot dogs. (laughs) I've smelled some really terrible things over the last few days. And to just eat a pizza tonight was a freaking luxury, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Okay, we're about an hour in. I think it's time we close this thing out. All right, that is our show for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Ray Christian III for coming on and putting up with us. I hope that interview went well. Uh, I like the guy. Ray's a good dude. I race with his brother, or Jesse and I both race with his brother, Jake, on uh, our iRacing League. If you haven't heard about that, go check that out. It's just the Making Laps iRacing Truck Series or something like that. We do some cool stuff. We have a lot of fun. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it. We are there. Uh, if you need help for links to those platforms, you can find us at GleasonBrosRacing.com. We have all f- we have five links at least to major platforms. If you want to f- click on those, uh, you can find the show on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, uh, Facebook.com/slash Making Laps Podcast. Go like both of those for the latest up to date news. I do post a little bit of retro p- uh, pictures on the uh, Instagram page, which is pretty fun sometimes. Uh, it's different from the Facebook page, so check that out. You can check me out at, uh, yes, thank you. I think I've got a few good pictures on there. So you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. Uh, I've been getting a lot of people friending me on Facebook, but to be honest, I only friend people that I know in person. So (laughs) if I don't know you, sorry. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening this week. Jess, you got any parting thoughts? You suck, you jackass. (laughs) <laughs> Don't worry, I look at the the listen count and I already knew that. So 
<laughs> so anyway, until next time, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>